Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, welcome to Radiant. We're glad that everybody is here. We're, welcome, glad, we're glad all of our campuses are joining us right now. If you're a guest that's joining us today, you're in the right place. I know there's many an overflow here at South Tampa too. We're glad that you're with us. We have 100 and I think 10, 120 people getting baptized today in all of our services across Tampa Bay. We treat that like it's a normal thing. Like this is like because it is a normal thing for us here at Radio. I think this is the fifth baptism Sunday we've done this year with over 100 people getting baptized. But I said today, again, 110 people are going public with their faith. So it's a big deal, we're gonna celebrate them. I'll release you in just a few minutes, but we are a note-taking church. I want you to take out those notes today. We're in kind of a faith-building season here at Radiant Church and just taking a few weeks just to hear a fresh word from God's word for your life. And I'm gonna to talk to you today from the Old Testament book of 2 Kings chapter five. If you have your Bibles, I want you to open there to 2 Kings chapter five. And um, I, I really believe it'll be a, a message that'll help you. If you've shared this with your friend, if you're watching this, I'm telling you, I think it's a faith building message that'll encourage your life about a guy by the name of Naaman. This happens in an area of the world um, that the city is called um, Aram, which is in basically modern day Syria. So you have an area of the world, um, if you know Syria on the map, that's where this story is taking place. And Naaman is not an Israelite. So you gotta understand, most of the stories of the Old Testament are following God's people, the Israelites. And then once in a while, you'll get kind of a story of someone who followed the Lord, followed Yahweh, our God, but at the same time, was not an Israelite, and that was Naaman. And we get his story. We're going to pick up and, and um, 2 Kings chapter 5. We're going to look at verse 1. It says, Now Naaman was commander of the army of the, of the king of Aram, and he was a great man in the sight of his master, and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram. Now this is a man who was a high military official, well respected by both God and man. So we understand this is someone who we should admire, we should look up to, but now we get an insight on his life. Look at it says, he was a valiant soldier, but, say but, uh, but he had, he had leprosy, but he had leprosy. Uh, it's an interesting world because everything looked good about Naaman's life, but, he had leprosy. I, I, I think it's important. Like if you've ever been on a date with someone and, and you're like, this is just really clicking. And then it's like, it's really awesome. But then you find out some information that you're like, oh, I, I wish I wouldn't have known that. Like, like, like they're perfect, but man, they have some bad breath. Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, it's just like, it's like an, an addition. Like, like they were really great until, but they said they were a Bama fan. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, I didn't know that was part of this thing. Um, uh, here's another one. I was thinking about this one. Um, like, everything's going great, but they keep talking about their ex. You know what I'm talking about? You're like, oh, this is weird. You're not quite over that situation. Um, it's looking great, good looking, love the Lord, but they have cats at home. Come on. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do when you find out, but their texts are green? Oh, can we talk about that? Uh, but, <laughs> but their mom dropped them off for the date. Oh. <laughs> 
one more, one more, y'all good? But they don't go to Radiant. Oh! <laughs> what do you do when everything's great? There's just, but there's just this one area that's messed up. And, and the reality is, is that's all of our lives. All of our lives are in scenarios where there's things that are good. You, your finances might be great, but your health might be poor. You, you might connect with the Lord, but you might have insecurity around people. Your, your family might be great, but, but they're anxiety in your own life. Your, your career might be thriving, but you, you can't find a companion. You, you, you've got, you, you understand you love the Lord, but you also have that addiction in your life that you can't get away from. What do we do with that area of our life that we just can't seem to find victory in? And I titled today's message, Defeating your dysfunction. Defeating your dysfunction. What do we do, Naaman, when everything is good, but we got leprosy in our life? Because the reality is, is we all have areas of our life that we're not proud of. We all have areas of our life that we can't seem to find victory in. We all have areas of our life that are an issue. And I want you to understand this just so you know you have issues. You have a lot of issues. And what I have found is that the people who don't think they have issues have the most issues. They do. It's the couples that come to me in pre-marriage counseling and I'm going, hey, what issues do we need to work out? And they go, we don't have any problems, pastor. Everything's just amazing. Well, what do y'all fight about? We've never fought before. You're going to. Because you realize there's problems, you just don't know about them yet. And the reality is, is we all have got that one thing in our life like Naaman had, which is that one area that we just can't seem to find victory in. And I want to give you a little theology behind it because you've got to understand this. It's in your notes. God will never design your life where you don't need him. So if you're in a situation, you're going, it's, it's frustrating to me that I can't find victory here or, or everything was good until I had those kids or man, everything was good until I got that job and then I, I can't struggle with it and everything was good until I signed up to lead that small group and now it's all falling apart. Why is that? Because God designs our life where we have to stay dependent on him. And if you find victory in this one area of your life, Naaman, I just want you to know, there's gonna be another area of your life where God's gonna reveal and you're gonna go, I'm gonna be dependent on him then. Cause your life is designed to be fully dependent on God. So how do we live in a way where we've got this leprosy in our life? What do we do with this issue in our life where we can't seem to find victory over it? I'm gonna show you what happened when the life of, Na of, 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 of uh, Naaman that is significant. So the passage tells us that there's the, a raid that happens and a military captures a slave girl from Israel. And he brings this slave girl from Israel to um, Syria where Naaman's living. Now this is significant because this girl comes there and God uses her to bring truth into Naaman's life. So we don't know how Naaman became a Christian, but many theologians and scholars actually think Naaman became um, a follower of God simply because of this slave girl coming to his house. Which by the way, let me just say it this way, God will go through extreme measures to find you. 
God will go through extreme measures to get a hold of you and to get into your issues. And if you're frustrated because you're going, man, it just seems, all I can see is I see radiant stuff everywhere. I just keep bumping into people. It keeps all this stuff. God, you know why? Because God is going through extreme measures to get in your attention because he loves you that much. And this girl finds out about his leprosy. And it's so interesting. Verse 10, look what it says. I mean, verse, uh, we're going to go in verse three. 2 Kings 5, so she said to her mistress, so she said to Naaman's wife, because she works for Naaman's wife, she said, if only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of leprosy. So who's the prophet in Samaria? The prophet in Samaria is a guy by the name of Elisha. Now this isn't Elijah, Elijah is the one that called down fire. Elisha was his successor. He ended up doing way more miracles, crazy miracles, then um, Elijah, and Elisha was a famous prophet. Naaman didn't know who this person is, so when Naaman hears about this, there's a miracle worker there in Samaria. He, go, she, he goes, okay, I've gotta go see him. So verse 10, we're gonna jump to there. It says, so Elijah, Elisha sent this message to him. And look what his message is. Go, wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be, you will be cleansed. And he's sitting there going, what in the world? Seven times in the Jordan. What are you telling me to do? Look at this next verse. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought. Say, I thought. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of our issues right there. Amen. I, I thought, I thought God would do it this way. I thought by this age, this would happen in my life. I thought this is how it would turn out. I thought this is what, this is what I thought it would do. And we go with, I thought. And he says, he says, listen. He goes, I thought that he would, he would come in, out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy, like some magical thing that was gonna happen. And look what the result was. And he says, are not, the, are not Arbana and Farapar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. I wonder how many of you all have missed out on your miracle because you thought it would be one way and God told you to do another thing. How do, we de how do we defeat our dysfunction today? Let me give you three quick things and I think they're gonna help you today. Number one, we defeat our dysfunction by submitting to God. We have got to submit to God. You have a choice in your life to do life God's way or your way. And you will never live life your way and get God's results. If you want God's results, you got to do it God's way at God's time all the time. And you can't make a decision to say, well, that doesn't make sense for me, so I'm going to do it my way. And if you do that, that's why you're going to keep walking away in your dysfunction. But if you want to experience the miraculous, you've got to learn to do it God's way instead of your way. That's why Isaiah says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. So God has a way of doing stuff that's different than your way and neither are your ways my ways. So you wanna do it your way, but you want God's result and that's not going to work out. So when we learn God's way, we have one choice. Do we submit to him? Or do we stay stubborn and go, well, I just think there's a better way to do it. And we walk away, continuing our sickness. But I'm telling you, 
Victory always starts at the moment of submission. And if you want to see victory in your life, then I'm going to challenge you to submit your life again to the Lord. I'm going to talk to some Christians even here today who you have submitted your life, but you've taken the reins back. And I want you to know that's why the dysfunction keeps taking over your life because you keep trying to do marriage your way. You keep trying to do money your way. You keep trying to raise your kids your way. You keep trying to pursue the American way, expecting God's results. And I just want you to know, I, I, I don't care what TikTok theology has taught you. You can't do it your way anymore and get God's results. We've got to learn to submit ourselves to the Lord. Well, I just don't, I don't feel, I kind of go with what I feel in my life. Let me challenge you with this. Don't follow your gut, follow God. There's too much of our world that's just like, well, I'm just going to go with what I feel like at this moment. Follow your gut. You got this. You don't got this. Your way seems right to you, but ends in destruction. But God's way doesn't make sense to us, but always leads us to life and life to the full. You can have victory, but it starts with your submission to him. So Naaman had to make a decision. Am I gonna submit myself to God or am I gonna do it my own way? And the Bible says he left in a rage. And how many times, I've seen this happen time and time again, where someone's come to church and we tell them, all right, you wanna see victory in life? Here's what you do. You die to yourself, <laughs> you take up your cross, you follow Jesus. Well, I just thought you were gonna wave your hand over me. I, I, I thought you just kinda sprinkle something on my kids and they'd magically behave. We, 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 we've missed out. We want God's results, but we want it with our way. And I'm telling you this, let me remind you, the call of God is, let me tell you, the call of God is not to like, hey, live life whatever way you feel. You are called to die to yourself, take up your cross, follow Jesus. And when we die to ourselves, that puts us on the path towards the victory that God has for our life. But it starts with that. That's why I'm so proud of the 110 or so people in today that are getting baptized across Tampa Bay. Because you know what they're doing? They're saying, I'm gonna do life God's way. Yes. They're, not in, they're not going into the tanks. And I just, let me help you with this. They're not going into the tanks. They're like, oh, my friends are here and I wanna be part of Radiant. It's really cool. They're going in the tanks saying, I have made a decision to die to myself. My old self is gone and I'm being raised new in Christ Jesus. So I'm not gonna be like Naaman who goes away angry going, well, I just wanna live my, my way. No, I'm gonna be the person that said, you tell me to dip, I'm gonna keep dipping. You dip, I dip, we dip, we're all gonna dip in this thing. Cause we're gonna, <laughs> that, that got really weird. Some of, of y'all got a pass. Y'all know where that song was going. Uh, that's, that's funny right there. Mm. You never thought about baptism with that song right there. That is for sure. That's funny. We learn, we learn, we learn to a life of submissions where it all starts. Look what happens because his life totally is transformed when he walks away and he says, I'm just going to do it my way. Look what the result is. But Naaman went away angry. I'm sorry. Let me give it down. Verse 13. Naaman's servants went to him. Oh, thank God that he had some people around him to speak some sense into his life. 
I don't know about you. I, I know you, there's some in the place that think that you've got it all together yourself. But I don't know about you. I'm thankful for some godly friends in my life that when I was dumb, they spoke some wisdom into my life. I'm, I'm, thankful, I'm thankful for a godly spouse, for godly parents and, and in-laws. That just say, You know what? I'm going to speak some wisdom into your life whenever you're about to do something dumb. By the way, this is the purpose of the church of Jesus Christ. That we got to have this thing together, that we have each other. And he says, listen, my servants went in and said, my father, if the prophet had told you the same great thing, wouldn't you have done it? How much more than when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? How do you defeat your dysfunction? You submit yourself to God. Number two, you surround yourself with people of faith. Yes. Who you walk with really matters. Who you surround yourself with really matters. 12 spies went in to scope out the promised land. 10 of them came back and says, the giants are too big. Joshua and Caleb came back and said, they're too big to miss. The people and their voice in your life really matters. But it was those 10 spies that spread negativity to millions and kept them out of the promised land. You've gotta be careful who the voices are that you're allowing into your life. Because here's the fact, you will never walk into the right future with the wrong friends. And if you've got the wrong people in your life, you're gonna miss out on the destination that God has for you. And Naaman almost missed it. He almost missed it. The one good decision he made was to surround himself with some people of faith that when he tried to choose his flesh, they said, no, 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 no. You got to choose faith during this time. And I'll just say, Proverbs says it this way. You walk with the wise and you become wise. But a companion of fools suffers harm. You've got to understand that many of you are suffering harm right now, not because of what you've done to yourself, but who you've surrounded yourself with. You've got dysfunction because you're surrounding yourself with dysfunction. And if you'll get those dysfunctional people out of your life, you'll be able to walk into the destiny that God has for you next. But who you surround yourself with really, really matters. And that's why we need each other as the church. I wrote down some marks of a faith-filled friend because I'm telling you, my life, it, I am where I am today. 10 years in, even 10 years, I'm on a text thread with some of my friends. They're texting me this morning, celebrating me, championing what God's done. I'm where I'm at today because the people I've intentionally chosen to, to surround myself with. So, so I went through the scriptures this last week and I was like, I wanna challenge the people. How do we get some people in our life like Naaman did that'll bring us towards faith? And I wrote out some, some uh, list. I think it'll, it'll help you. Here's one. Is a faithful friend is constant encouragement. I don't know about you, but the world is always draining me. I need some constant encouragement. They're gonna constantly encourage who God's called me to be. They've got your back. They're not stabbing you in their back. They've got your back. They're not talking behind your back. They've got your back. A, a faithful friend challenges you. Don't they, like they're, they're gonna constantly challenge you. They're not gonna just tell you, you know what, Naaman, you're right. You can do it better your way. No, they're gonna challenge you. No, live life God's way. They're gonna be a good friend that texts you and goes, hey, did you wake up and pray this morning? You're gonna go, oh, I didn't. Well, hey, get your act together. Seek God. They, they, they challenge you. How about this one? A faith-filled friend listens. Oh, don't you need a good friend that listens? Yes. It just constantly is just like, hey, tell me what's going on in your life. They're not interrupting your conversations. They're, they're listening. Here's a big one. They don't gossip. Yes. <laughs> they don't gossip. Come 
Because I'm telling you, if they will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. And I'm very careful. Oh man, the people that come to me and go, have you heard what's going on at Radiant? Have you heard what's going on with this person and this person? Uh, in my mind, I'm thinking the entire time, one, I should stop this conversation. Two, I'm not telling them anything, anything significant because I know it's going right from them to somebody else. Let me tell you, good faith-filled friends don't gossip. Here's another one. It's they forgives daily, quickly forgives. Because you know what? The reality is you're not perfect, they're not perfect, and a faith-filled friend forgives. They go, well, we understand that we all make mistakes. So a faith-filled friend forgives. He speaks truth with love. So it's, gonna, it's not gonna sugarcoat things, it's gonna bring truth out in the environment because we're gonna speak truth. And then it always, look at this one, it celebrates when you win. And we all need a friend that celebrates with us when we win, when we win, because life is tough. And when we win, they don't need to sit there and try to, well, let me try to humble you and keep you. No, 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 no. We celebrate each other. I'm gonna keep it up for just a second because some of y'all are looking for like, what am I looking for? That's what you're looking for right there. By the way, if you're looking for a spouse, that's what you're looking for right there. By the way, that's how we should treat our spouses. By the way, parents, this is what we should do for our children right there because we should live in such a way that we are a faith-filled community of people that we're going, we're gonna make everybody in our world better because we're involved in it. Can I hear a better amen today, church? And so you go, well, I don't have that in my life. I don't have that in my life. Here's how you can get it. Two ways here at Radiant Church. We have our dream team and we have our groups. And both of them are amazing ways for you to get connected. And I would challenge you to do on both of them. Our, our dream team is not just here serving in the church, they're connecting with each other. And people have met their lifelong friends, they've met community, they've met their spouse. Come on, somebody, get in the dream team. And then obviously get in a group they launched this week. And, uh, and if, if the group is full, write us. We'll try to see if there's an opening, get you on a wait list. We wanna get you into groups at Radiant Church because our, your community matters. And then let's keep going. Look what happens. Verse 14, y'all with me? Say yes. yes. So he went down and he dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. Thank God that he didn't just have the right friends, but he listened to the right friends. And he dipped seven times as the man of God told him and his flesh was restored and became clean of that of a young boy. Didn't even need some Botox or plastic surgery. Come on, somebody. Faith is restored. And Jesus, I'm praying that anointing over me too, God. And God's prayers. Seven times, seven times. Can you imagine how, how stupid he felt? Can you imagine our worship teams can come at every campus? Can you imagine how stupid it is to get in that water? And he thought, you know what? There's no way. You know, the Bible actually tells us, I, I, I missed this earlier, but the Bible actually tells us, he looked at me, he says, the waters where I'm from, they're way better. They're way better. He, he, he gives the two rivers in Damascus. And I, I just want you to do this. This is crazy. When I was researching this, those two rivers are known for their spring waters and how per, pure they are. So in his mind, he thought, why would I do this here? I can go back home and do it by myself. Nobody's gonna watch me here. Nobody's gonna watch me back home. Nobody, it doesn't matter. And then he thought this, you gotta think, because the Jordan River uh, if you've been with us at Radiant, we, we go there every few years. We're taking like 150 people next year to uh, get baptized in Jordan. It's a beautiful little spot, but the reality is the Jordan River is like the dirtiest river. It's muddy, it's gross. So he looked at it and he goes, you want me to wash and be cleansed, but this thing you want to put me in looks muddy and dirty. But Elisha didn't see the Jordan River as muddy and dirty because remember, it was the Jordan River that split, remember when he was walking into, they were walking into Jericho. It was the Jordan River that the ax had flowed. Yeah. It was, let me tell you, what, what 
Naaman thought was muddy, Elisha knew was a place of miracles. This isn't a message about getting involved in the church, but let me just say this because 10 years, I can just say it. There's a lot of people that avoid the church because they go, I can go back home and do this thing by myself. It's easy, it's cleaner by myself. But the reality is, is you look in here and you go, it's muddy. It's, it's nasty. I know these stories. And what you see as mud, I see as miracles. And what you see as kind of murky and kind of messy and kind of mess up, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, this is a place that if you'll plant yourself, if you'll stay committed and you'll stay faithful, you'll see what, what people see as muddy as a place of miracles in your life. God uses the mud to bring the miracles. Can I hear a better amen today, church? So let me close it out with this is how do we defeat our dysfunction? We stay obedient. Because he goes into this water and he dips and he comes out one time and he looks and he probably goes, nothing's changed. And how many people have they gone to counseling one time and go, okay, I guess the marriage is over. They got prayer one time and thought, you know what? I guess I'll never get my miracle. They gave one time and they go, I guess God doesn't want me blessed financially. They tried it once and God's saying, listen, your job is to keep staying faithful until you see the miracle. And he gets in that water and he dips once and he dips again and he dips again. Now all y'all are thinking about is that song when I dip. I know that's all you're thinking about. And then he dips again and then he dips again and then he gets to the sixth time. Can you imagine the frustration? Can you imagine him sitting there going, this makes no sense. I, I've obeyed almost fully and I've still not seen a breakthrough. I'm telling you, I think it's a prophetic word for someone's life. I wonder how many times in your life you've stopped on six and you've missed out on the breakthrough God was gonna bring at seven. You stopped giving on six. And you go, finances, they're, they're just a wreck. I got, I got to pull back. And you missed out on the breakthrough of seven. You stopped serving. You were like, I, I went for community and I didn't meet anybody. But it was actually the next week you were going to meet that lifelong friend that you never even knew you could have. You, you, were gonna, you missed it because you missed out because you stopped short of, of that. That's why James tells us, don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do it is like someone who looks at their face in the mirror and after looking at it, goes away and immediately forgets what they look like. Now, I know this has never happened to you, but can you imagine this? Can you imagine leaving a service as incredible as this and going home and your friend says, oh, you were in church today, what did he talk about? And you go, I have no clue. It's happened to all of us. It happens to me. Because the reality is, is Information does not change people. Application of information changes people. So the only way for you to see the breakthrough in your life is to stay obedient to what God has said. Because listen, obedience will eventually produce the right outcome. And we have a world that's trying to produce outcome. And I wanna challenge you with this. Forget the outcome 
and focus on the obedience. And if you will do what God's told you to do, he will be faithful with what only he can do because our God is good and our God is, is a God that will reward us. The Bible says it this way, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I'm so proud of a bunch of people who on all of our campuses are making bold decisions. Some of them, this is their seventh step. This is their moment to go, I'm just, uh, it's just another moment of obedience. Because by the way, baptism is not a good idea. It's a command in the scriptures. So all of those that are getting baptized at all of our campuses, they're being obedient to God. I'm gonna release y'all right now. Would you stand to your feet? If you're getting baptized, we're gonna celebrate you. I see them all over our campus, all over all of our campuses. I know many of our campuses are doing it after the service. We celebrate y'all too. I'm gonna close this out with just encouraging you with this because obedience gets tough. Following God gets tough. We've all had those moments where we were faithful and we didn't see the results. But let me challenge you in this world to say no matter what you feel or what, you, what the outcome is, I'm gonna be obedient to God. If God never blesses me financially, I'm gonna keep giving. If God, if God never gives me that, that connection, that relationship, I'm gonna keep serving his church. I'm gonna keep being faithful. If, if I'm just gonna stay faithful in God's word. I, I don't even know. I, there's some days I'm reading it and I'm going, I don't know what this means, but I'm gonna keep reading it because I'm gonna keep being obedient because my job is obedience. God's job is outcome. And I don't know about you, he's faithful to the outcome. He's faithful to the outcome. And even Jesus practiced this. On the night that he's betrayed and he's in that garden, he's sweating blood. He's praying, God, there's any other way. Not my will, yours be done, but if there's any other way, Lord, let's do it that way. But he made a decision right there in that garden to say, you know what? I'm gonna stay obedient to what I'm called to do. Paul says it this way, and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient. Obedient. Even to death, even death on the cross. You go, well, obedience is tough. Your obedience is nothing compared to the obedience of Jesus, where he went to the cross for you and for me, and he spread out those arms for your sin and for my sins. That was his mark of obedience. And you know what? I know if I do this, the outcome is their salvation and their breakthrough and their eternity in heaven. Are we thankful for a God who was obedient even up to the cross, amen? Come on, we can thank him better than that. We can thank him better than that. Come on, worship team. I want us to take a moment right now. And I want us to have a moment where we submit, where we submit to God and say, God, through every good time and every bad time, I'm gonna submit and stay obedient to you. I am totally submitted to your will and your plan for my life in Jesus' name. Come on, let's sing it, Candace. Let's have a moment right now with God.
people before we transition and baptize people at all of our campuses. There's two groups of people. First of all, the, those who are followers of Jesus, but you've just kind of backed off in your obedience. I'm just gonna challenge you. This is a moment of repentance to say, God, we just submit again to you today. We submit to your plan. So just all over the room, every campus, just close your eyes for just a second. Have a moment right now with you and God. God, I wanna be obedient to you. I wanna be obedient. Lord, even in tough seasons, even in tough things, Lord, obedience when it comes to the reading of your word, when it comes to that time with you, when it comes to giving, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to serving, God, the, when it comes to practicing the spiritual disciplines, Lord, let us be obedient, whatever you tell us to do. Whatever God's telling you to do, don't, make sure you act, do what James says. Don't just hear it, but apply it. Say, God, I'm gonna be obedient to you. Second group that's here today is those that don't know Christ. And I just want you to know, God brought you here for this moment. Some friend, maybe pulled you into this building and pulled you right there in one of those campuses for the purpose that he knows that he goes, man, there's more for your life. There's a miracle. And his name is Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the solution to whatever you're going through. But it starts with you submitting your life to him. That's you on the count of three. I'm going to have you respond and say, Aaron, today's my day. I'm going to submit my will, my way, my sin, my life to Jesus. And I believe he'll save you right there in that seat. If that's you on the count of three, throw that hand up. One, two, three. Come on, hands going up all over this room. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you at all of our campuses. Thank you, thank you. Come on, wave it at me right now and put it right back down. Thank you, thank you. Wow, dozens here at South Tampa. Thank you at all of our campuses. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud together then our location pastors will take back over. But say it like this, but don't just say it with your mouth, say it with your heart too. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my sin. I give you my past. Forgive me. Thank you for dying for me, I choose to live for you for the rest of my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.